It ended up being a big news day for the Braves on Sunday as a former legend enters the Hall of Fame in Fred McGriff, who gets unanimously approved by the 16-member committee. Unfortunately, Dale Murphy still does not make it into the Hall of Fame. We've got some other news as well. Alex Anthopoulos spoke to the media, talked about a recent conversation he had with Dansby Swanson, and uh, we'll take a look at where those two sides are right now. And Brian Reynolds is available in trade. We're going to take a look at some of your trade ideas and what the Braves could offer the Pirates for the services of Brian Reynolds. We'll get into all that on today's episode of Locked on Braves as we gear up for the winter meetings. We'll talk about that next. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopval and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the great game of baseball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Going to get to a lot of your comments from twitter today as well as we look at some trade proposals for brian reynolds make sure you subscribe to the lockdown braves podcast on youtube if you're new and if you're watching this video on youtube hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell to help support the show and as always thanks for making lockdown braves your first listen of each and every day continuing to post episodes daily five days a week throughout the off season. It's going to be a really busy week. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or again, wherever you listen to your podcast, if you enjoyed an audio form, please, please uh, make sure you subscribed on the podcast. I still enjoy my podcasting content on audio form, but I do enjoy the conversations we're able to have on YouTube. So wherever you listen, I really do appreciate it. But like I said, we'll probably have a lot of content coming out this week and a lot of news on Sunday as well as Fred McGriff gets elected into the Hall of Fame. There's some news about there about the Braves and their interest in Jacob deGrom as well as Sean Murphy. We'll discuss that. Then we'll get into your trade proposals for Brian Reynolds, who apparently wants out of Pittsburgh, who doesn't. And then we will end it talking about Alex Anthopoulos, his comments on Sunday when he spoke to the media, and I'll take any comments, questions at that time. Well, let's start with the big news from Sunday, kind of kicking off the winter meetings, and that is Fred McGriff getting elected into the Hall of Fame and uh, unanimous, unanimously by the 16-member committee. So uh, that's really awesome for Fred McGriff, somebody that likely or obviously does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's somebody that gets overlooked because of the era that he played in where he was a really good player, but there were Barry Bonds's, Mark McGuire's, Sammy Sosa's stealing uh, the, the headlines during that time, just because, you know, obviously they were cheating uh, and Fred McGriff, you know, put up a really great career, obviously spent many of those good years in Atlanta, but really bounced all over the place. I'm kind of curious what hat he'll wear going into Cooper's town, spent a lot of time, with the Rays and, and Padres and, and Blue Jays. So 
certainly a big decision there, um, but certainly would love it to see him go in as a brave either way. You know, he's certainly one of ours. He's certainly uh, beloved in Atlanta. Um, so certainly glad to see him get in. Unfortunately, Dale Murphy only got six votes on the ballot. You needed 12 to get in. Nobody else got, got double digits on this ballot. ballot. Not Don Mattingly got eight. Kurt Schilling got seven. I can't believe Kurt Schilling's not in the Hall of Fame um, personally, and I'm a small hall person, but um, you look at his career, and a lot of it's in the postseason, which maybe that's not fair because it depends on the team you're on, whether or not you actually get to have those moments in the postseason. But one of the best big game pitchers in our era, in the history of the sport. So I think he deserves to be in. I know people don't like him off the field, but on the field, he was really amazing. And I was in Fenway, watched in person for his 200th win. So I thought that was pretty cool. But he only got seven votes. I mentioned Murphy got six. This is what's very telling to me. Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Albert Bell, Rafael Palmero each received less than four votes. That to me is crazy because you think about the writers and all the heat they get for not, you know, voting in some of these steroid users and messing up the ballot because, you know, some want them in, some don't. And it's, you know, split, you know, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, you know, just pretty much the entire time they were on the ballot got 50% of the ballot. It's very split on these steroid guys. And, you see among their peers how they view players who allegedly use steroids. The fact that two of the greatest players of a generation, cheaters or not, I think many people would agree that they were some of the best players ever to play the game, and their peers don't want to recognize them as being such. Uh, I just think that's very telling, again, on what their peers think about them and how they handle players who who cheated use performance enhancing drugs and how they feel about that i would too look if i'm a player if i'm fred mcgriff and he would never come out publicly and say this and i played my entire career clean and put up a great career but my numbers look mediocre in comparison to what these other players are doing because they're cheating i would be livid as well i mean these guys took jobs away from people I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go down a dangerous road and a topic that we don't need to get into. But I just thought it was very telling the fact that those players didn't receive more than four votes from their peers. Let's get into a little bit of rumors from Sunday as well. I thought it was a very interesting article by Buster Olney that said the Braves were in on DeGrom pretty much up until the end there before he signed with the Texas Rangers. And he said the Braves may have been his first choice. He grew up in Florida, apparently was a Braves fan. Who wasn't, again, growing up in the, the 90s, early 2000s? Um, so, I mean, we heard all along that maybe he wanted to be with the Braves. And I think the Braves were in those negotiations, obviously, what, from what we're hearing until you know the, the numbers got beyond where the Braves felt comfortable. I think it's a situation where... Jacob deGrom is one of the best pitchers of this generation. I think one of the best pitchers of all time. If you have the opportunity to sign one of those players and that player wants to be there, I think you at least have to, you know, check in on it, obviously, and, and make a very serious offer and a, and a serious push. But I always thought it was going to go beyond where the Braves actually felt comfortable. But 
it sounds like they were at least in there. And again, I think more of that's just because I think DeGrom wanted to be in Atlanta. And again, I think when that's the case and you have a player like him, one of the best players in the game, certainly one of the best pitchers, I think you at least have to make a really solid effort. But again, I, I always thought that the numbers would get to a place where Alex just wasn't comfortable going. So he ends up with Texas, which is great. He's out of the National League East. He's out of the National League altogether. And then Mark Feinstein early in the day said that it, the A's were close to trading Sean Murphy, catcher Sean Murphy, and said the Braves were the front runners, which, you know, obviously threw everybody in a frenzy there. And then he reported later said the A's are still close to trading Murphy, but the Braves will not be acquiring the, the not be the acquiring team. That's quite the turn of the events there from the Braves being the front runner to they're not going to be the team acquiring him. So I don't know if Einstein just got his, you know, he's obviously, you know, a pretty reliable source. I, I trust Mark Feinstein and what he's reporting, but uh, that's a, a really quick turn there from being the front runners to not being the team that will get him. And then there's still just the question, like we talked about last podcast, what is the plan if they were to trade for Sean Murphy? I have no idea. What would that trade even look like? So uh, very curious there exactly what Alex Anthopoulos was wanting to do with that. And if the Braves are still involved at all, uh, fine said, it looks like it'll be the Cardinals Rays, guardians or Red Sox, I guess are the leaders for uh, Murphy right now. So it's not like things might be close. We could get a deal here pretty soon, but again, just very interesting that the Braves are, were at least at one point, I guess, heavily involved for another catcher when they had, again, the best, catching tandem in all of baseball last year and they're returning this year not making a ton of money but hey look this is one thing we're going to talk about throughout the offseason throughout this podcast and future podcast Alex Anthopoulos is looking for ways to make this team better in the best possible way for the future of this franchise and if that's Bringing in Dansby at shortstop, great. If that doesn't work out, then maybe it's bringing in Andrew Benintendi in left field, great. If that works out and he can't find somebody at one of those two positions, then maybe he goes and just gets an all-star level catcher. Uh, you know, Maybe he goes out and gets a top-of-the-rotation arm and just bulks up a position that's already considered a strength. Um, that's certainly what we've seen from Andablis in the past. So, look, he's looking to – make this team and improve this team in any way possible that makes the most sense. And we know that Alex is going to do that. And if trading for Brian Reynolds makes sense, and I think he will certainly do that as well. I asked you what your trade offers would be for the Pittsburgh Pirates center fielder. We'll talk about those next. BetOnline.net is the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, they have it all at BetOnline. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So a bit of news over the weekend as well as Brian Reynolds reportedly is saying that he would like to be traded from Pittsburgh, um, which, you know, obviously get, got a lot of mentions on my Twitter feed. What can the Braves trade for him? Should the Braves go after him? 
Look, every team is going to want to be after Brian Reynolds, uh, 27 years old, under team control for three more years, a three to four more win player, 130 WRC plus type player, 350 on base, 20 to 25 home runs. Solid defender and center, but would probably be better if you moved him to a corner outfield spot, which the Braves would do. So we're talking about a really good player, an all-star level talent. There's going to be tons of teams wanting him. And while he has requested a trade, the Pirates do not have to trade him. Uh, and they they can keep him and uh, you know try to convince him and try to turn things around there, around there in Pittsburgh. But they're certainly going to be fielding offers, and there's going to be a ton of teams involved to want a player of the caliber of Brian Reynolds. And I'm sure Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves will check in and do their due diligence and see what the price is. But I would imagine the price tag is very high and should be very high. If you're trading for Brian Reynolds, you should be giving up two of your better prospects, in my opinion, and then a couple of lottery tickets as well after that. I think it's a four-for-one type deal uh, and you're getting at least two really established big time prospects so i asked you on twitter you want to get involved in the show and you're not on youtube another way to do that is uh twitter and i asked there what would be your trade proposal from the braves for brian reynolds and i'm going to read several of those here i got a lot of a lot of suggestions i uh eliminated some any of them that involved marcelo zuna i eliminated right off the bat that's just not happening, uh, but there were some very you know solid ones that I think are some packages that the Braves could give, and I think are some of the better packages the Braves could offer. Whether or not that's good enough, we'll we'll discuss a little bit later. But uh, John Magel says uh, Von Grissom, Ian Anderson, Kyle Muller, and if they wanted Eddie as a flyer on a vet, maybe another low level prospect. So again, there's that four for one ideal. I think you know Von Grissom would almost have to be in this deal. Um, but I certainly think he's somebody that you could center a trade around, a trade package around for Brian Reynolds. Uh, he also puts Ian Anderson in there, Kyle Muller. I think it probably would need to be a little bit better than that. Joey Milby says, Cole Phillips, Owen Murphy, Bryce Elder, Ian Anderson, Manny Pena. It's going to take a lot. This gives them future pitching prospects, MLB-ready pitchers, and a catcher. Still may not be enough, but I'm not willing to part with anyone who really contributed. And that's the thing here with the Braves is trying to make a deal of this magnitude and not give up anybody that's already part of the contending roster without taking away from what you have. So you really are just dealing from prospects. And, you know, quite honestly, Braves don't have the deepest farm system right now. I think they have some very talented prospects. I think you're going to start to shoot up some boards, but. They just don't have a ton of depth right now in the farm system. But uh, Cole Phillips, Owen Murphy, I think are two, uh, you know, obviously guys they just drafted. So there's a lot of upside there for those guys. And I think they would be, you know, a solid kind of centerpiece uh, for the Pirates. Trent Helm says Justin Henry Malloy, Kyle Muller, and Jared Schuster. I think that's pretty solid as well. Justin Henry Malloy, one of the Braves' best. Position player prospects, Jared Schuster, former first-round pick and one of the Braves' top prospects right now. So that's probably two of their top five prospects at the moment. And then Kyle Muller as well. I think you probably need to throw in another prospect in there. 
Uh, but I think that's pretty solid as far as what the Braves could offer. Whit, Whit Price says Schuster, Moeller, Anderson, and Grissom. I think that's another solid, again, four-player package, four-prospect patch. Or I guess Ian Anderson's not a prospect, but I think that's a solid package. Uh, Chris1414 says Contreras, Anderson, and Smith-Shauver. Uh, again, another solid solid uh, package there. That one involved, involving William Contreras. Caleb Kuz says Grissom, Moeller, Ian Anderson, Justin Henry Malloy, then pay one of the shortstops. Um, I like, you know, you're giving up two really good position players in Grissom and Justin Henry Malloy for a system that doesn't have a lot of good position players. But again, any type of deal for Brian Reynolds, it's going to cost a ton. Uh, and I think that certainly, you know, would at least begin the conversation. Um, so those are all the ones that I wanted to include, like I said, there's a lot of others, but many of them involved Marcelo Zuna. And I'm just, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to take Marcelo Zuna in any type of deal where the Braves are getting Brian Reynolds. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, but I do think if the Braves had any chance of getting Brian Reynolds, I think it would have to center around a package that includes two of these players, William Contreras, Vaughn Grissom, Justin Henry Malloy, A.J. Smith-Shawver, Jared Schuster, Owen Murphy, and J.R. Ritchie. Maybe Cole Phillips if you wanted to throw him in there as well. But I think any package from the Braves has to include at least two of those players, if not three. Again, we're talking about an all-star level talent with three years of control at 27 years old. That should That should hurt. That should really make it hurt. I mean, you look at what the Braves gave up for Matt Olson last year, who had two years of control, and the Braves gave up, uh, you know, three of their top five prospects, I believe, in that deal and a former first-round um, pick as well. So it, it's going to hurt, and those prospects that we all mentioned, they're not even top 100 prospects. Um you look at what other teams could throw out. I'm just using the Marlins, for example, because I saw a lot of tweets out there that the Marlins might be interested. Marlins could just easily as come up and say, hey, what about Max Meyer and Jacob Berry? And boom, they're getting Brian Reynolds. Or they could say, what about Yuri Perez and Joe Mack? Boom, that beats any package the Braves could give. Or what about Khalil Watson and Dax Fulton? Boom, that deal is done. It's better than anything the Braves can do. And I'm not saying the Marlins would or should give up any of those players. I'm just trying to be realistic and just tell you, you know, any other team or just about any other team could come in and say, hey, here's two of my top 10 prospects, and they're probably better than anything that the Braves could offer right now. So do I think the Braves could put a solid package together that would entice the Pirates? to trade them Brian Reynolds yes but I think a lot of other teams could as well and I think they could put together better packages than what the Braves could offer it ultimately comes down to what the Pirates want and the players that they like better and how their scouting department feels about said players um, they could feel you know pretty optimistic about AJ Smith Shaver and they might like Jared Schuster as a guy who could come in the rotation next year or in a year or two they might Love the prospect of Justin Henry Malloy as a, a 350 on-base guy you can put in left field or DH. And they may feel really good about those players and desire them. But just, again, looking at it talent level-wise, a team like the Marlins could come in and blow away any deal that the Braves could offer, in my opinion. But, 
again, I think the Braves could offer, you know, a pretty solid package involving, again, like I said, at least two of those players that I mentioned. It's going to – it wouldn't be easy. It's interesting a lot of people involved Ian Anderson in those trade ideas. And I, I've I heard that a lot this offseason from Braves fans. I mean, you're selling really low on Ian Anderson, a guy who hasn't lost in the postseason, a guy who's had some really good success at the big league level and had a just disastrous 2022. Uh, and everybody is suddenly ready to, to trade him off um, at his lowest point. I'm not saying the Braves shouldn't, and I'm not saying he's going to come back and have a huge bounce back year. I certainly think he could and is capable, but it's just interesting how many Braves fans are, are willing and ready to trade him off at his lowest value. Um, but interesting discussions, and I appreciate everybody who sent in some trade ideas for Brian Reynolds. Certainly will be a big talking point throughout the rest of the offseason. Obviously would be a great upgrade for the Braves if they could get something done and they could put a package together that would entice the Pirates. So certainly we'll keep an eye out on that all offseason. All right, next we'll come back and talk about Alex Anthopoulos, who spoke to the media on Sunday, had some interesting uh, quotes, specifically talking about Dancy Swanson, and one that I think maybe throws a little shade, maybe unintentionally, at Freddie Freeman. We'll talk about that next. So Alex Anthopoulos spoke to the media on Sunday, uh, didn't necessarily have a lot to say, um, but did mention that he spoke recently with Dansby Swanson. Um, that's more than he did with Freddie Freeman last year. And a quote that he said when talking to the media, again, I don't think this is a, a direct, you know, throwing Freddie Freeman under the bus here, but he said, I don't reach out to free, free agents. With that being said, it's a two-way street, and I'm happy to have conversations at any time. You know, you remember last offseason talking about Freddie Freeman and really after everything went down and it's just like there was no communication between Alex Anthopoulos and Freddie Freeman and everybody's like, why don't they just pick up the phone? And Alex Anthopoulos, you know, he says, I don't talk to, to free agents, but it's a two-way street. If they want to call me, I'm willing to have a conversation. So again, that just kind of shows you Freddie didn't reach out to Alex Andalas, or at least that's the way that I read it. Obviously, we don't know what happens behind closed door, but I just got to imagine if Freddie Freeman at some point would have called Alex and said, hey, Alex, I want to be here. Let's get this done, that he'd still be with the Atlanta Braves. And I'm not trying to go down that road again, but I just thought that was an interesting quote from Alex Antopoulos to say, I don't contact free agents, but essentially, if they want to contact me, I'm open for a conversation. It sounds like the Braves and Danzy Swanson aren't really any closer together. I've been saying for a while now, I think Alex has made his last offer, his best pitch to Dansby. And now Dansby's just testing the waters to see what else is out there and see, you know, where he can get his best deal and then take that back to the Braves. And then it's either the Braves move up a little bit or they don't. And Dansby's probably going somewhere else. That's kind of where I think it is at the moment. I didn't realize Dansby's getting married in a week. Um, so I'm curious to see how things play out if that's his focus right now and maybe we see him sign you know later in the offseason or maybe he wants to hurry up and get it done and then just enjoy his wedding and honeymoon and all that um but nothing really else came out of what Alex Anthopoulos said he said um he did say that he's happy to go into the spring training with three catchers which I kind of I hinted at this idea way back early in the offseason but 
just because I think the Braves, it sounds like at least, are trying to save a little bit of money. I think you could trade Manny Pena pretty easily and save four and a half million. You know, if it came down to it and the Braves really need to save some money, I think they could trade Manny Pena at any point. But I mean, I don't I don't hate the idea of carrying a third catcher and having a veteran catcher. We saw in 20, uh, 2021 just how devastating it can be when all of a sudden you lose your depth at catcher. If Travis Darno, you know, goes down, you know, I I, I trust William Contreras behind the plate for the majority of the time. I think he earned that last year, but still, you know, having quality catching depth is very important. And with having the DH, you know, you can, you can hide another catcher on the bench if you need to. And sounds like he's good going with that plan into the season. That does take up another bench spot though, uh, which I'm not currently thrilled about. Um, He also said that if the deal is right, they would have no problem going over the luxury tax threshold. That, in my mind, you know, means if they could get a Jacob Degrom, they'd have no 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 problems going over the luxury tax. If they could get a Dansby Swanson or a Xander Bogarts, they'd have no problem going over the luxury tax. But they're not going to do it just to supplement the roster. Um, if that makes any sense, you know, if they're if they're going to do it, it sounds like it needs to be for a big time move not to go out and get a even a Mitch Hanniger in my mind, who I think has kind of priced himself out of what the Braves would be willing to pay. I don't even know if an Andrew Benintendi would fit that scenario, but it sounds like you know they're willing to go over it, but only if it's a big move. That's kind of the way I read and understood it. So those are some of the biggest comments from Alex on Sunday that I wanted to share. I'm going to go through the comments real quick. James Holt says, I don't think Grissom should be trade bait. This kid's got it. Uh, people don't agree with me, but he's going going to be big time. He's going to be a 25 to 30 home run a year guy at some point. People were ready to give up on Austin Riley and look what he's become. Um, I don't know that he's going to be big time. I do believe he'll hit at the big league level. I think the really the only question that people are concerned about is where does he play defensively and where can he fit defensively? He didn't necessarily look great at second base. All the scouts, you know, who watched him in the minors said that he wouldn't be able to handle it at the big league level. I've said all along, I think he's too young, too athletic to just give up on that, but certainly he's going to have to prove it and he's going to have to show that he can do it and handle the position defensively. But I have no real issues about him offensively. I think he's going to be a, a 280 hitter and 15, 20 home runs, um, you know, 15, 20 stolen bases. 330, 340 on base guy. Like, I really have no issues with him offensively. I know he struggled there towards the end of the season, but I, I don't worry about his bad. I just worry about where where you play him. And I've, again, said all offseason, I would love to see them transition him into that super utility Chris Taylor type of role where he can play corner outfield. He can play every infield spot, and you just kind of you know give guys a day off here or there and play him 130, 140 games a year and get him, you know, spots in the bats in the DH spot as well. Um, Hines said, I've heard some people say that the Braves should trade Ozuna for Josh Donaldson. I don't understand why we'd want him and where he would fit with the Braves. What do you think? I don't remember where I read this either, but I saw somebody else mentioning the idea of swapping essentially bad contracts there. Um, I don't I don't really understand it either what you would do with with Josh Donaldson. I mean, I guess it would 
You could use him as the the DH. You could use him as that uh, you know, fiery clubhouse type guy. Obviously, he was great when he was here with the Braves. He didn't want to leave. Uh, and that was a tough negotiation. But I don't I don't really know how that works out. I don't know what that what that works out with for the Yankees either. So yeah, I, I read that somewhere and I don't I apologize. I don't remember where that was, but it doesn't really make sense to me. Um Dwight Cornell says, let's get rid of Ozuna. I think they're certainly trying, but it's not going to be that easy. Uh, Gabe Hammond says, not about the offseason, but do you think Andrew Jones will get into the Hall of Fame in the coming years? I personally think he deserves it more than even Fred McGriff because of his defense. So, look, Gabe, this is why I'm kind of down on the Hall of Fame at the moment, and I've kind of talked about this. I'm just, I don't have that feeling for the MLB Hall of Fame that I once did. Steroids have really mess that up but the Andrew Jones one gets me as well I don't I've always made the case I don't know how you put in Ozzy Smith into the Hall of Fame but you don't put in Andrew Jones and Ozzy Smith is my favorite player of all time he's why I played shortstop growing up uh, I love Ozzy Smith he is in the Hall of Fame because he was the best defensive player ever at the shortstop position Andrew Jones is the best defensive player ever at the shortstop position in a primary position, just like shortstop. How do you not put in Andrew Jones, but you put in Ozzie Smith? It does not make sense to me. It's, it's not fair. Andrew Jones is hurt because of, I think, some off-the-field stuff after he was done playing and because his, his career just took a, a very steep drop-off when he got into his thirties and when he, someone he was with the Braves, but more so even when he left the Braves, it just took a really, really harsh decline. I think people forget he came up when he was 19. I mean, he put a decade into this game as being one of the best players in all of baseball and being the best defensive player ever at a primary position like center field. To me, he's a hall of famer. I think he should be in. And I think it's pretty ridiculous that he's not. But to answer your question, I don't think he's going to get in because I think people are going to look at that fall off at the end of his career. And they're not really going to wait the fact that he was the best defensive center fielder of all time, in my opinion. You can argue that if you want, but that's what I believe. Um, OMT says McGriff was my favorite Brave when he was there. I'll be honest, like, you know, I grew up in the 90s, but I was pretty young in the 90s. I don't remember a ton of Fred McGriff, but, you know, obviously you look at the numbers and uh, I, I probably knew more about the, you know, the Mansky videos and commercial that he was on than what he actually did on the field. Uh, but I know he was great with the Braves for, for several years there, but certainly you look at his numbers and he's, he's more than deserving. But again, I, th I think he got overshadowed because of the era that he played in. Um, Hines also says, I know AA says we're not trading catchers, but I still think Manny Payne is worth dealing for a good prospect or two. Maybe deal him and sign a cheap AAA emergency catcher like Austin Hedges. What about you? I, I, I still think that's probably the best way to go. Even just to save money. I mean, it's four and a half million. It's not anything, you know, it's not as significant, but it's also not insignificant. I mean, it's almost $5 million that you could free up to spend elsewhere. Uh, so I, I still think the best play is to do what you said and, you know, trade Manny Pena, maybe get, you know, I don't think you're going to get much for him. You know, maybe you could get a, a reliever to help in the bullpen. Maybe you do get a, a solid prospect, a, a B level prospect 
and then you go out and sign a, a veteran catcher that you can stash in AAA as emergency, somebody who has big league experience. So uh, that's what I would do. Um, also, I just don't like the idea of taking up another bench spot because um, I would like to see them go out and beef up the bench a little bit so Snicker can play some matchups, especially if you're not going to go out and get a solidified left fielder for the everyday spot. Um, that's what I would rather see them do. All right, last question here. Joe Me says, what do we do if Soroka and Anderson come back from to form in spring training? Will we go to a six deep in the rotation? Um, great question as well. I think you send one of them to AAA. I, maybe you start the year with a six-man rotation. Look, I'm all in favor of a, a six-man rotation if you have the pitchers to do it. And so Soroka and Anderson, you know, you know those top four are going to be there. Freed, you know, Strider, Wright, Morton. You know those guys are going to be there. But you know, you know, if, if Soroka comes back and is Soroka, if Anderson, you know, bounces back and is Ian Anderson, then maybe you flirt with a six-man rotation. I think they would probably put Ian Anderson in AAA, let him continue to work on his secondary pitches and put Soroka in the rotation. Um, and it may depend on, you know, who's built up more, who looks better in spring training, you know, a real competition. I think they'd probably stick with a five-man rotation, but I would not be opposed to a six-man rotation out there if you have six good guys to do it. Again, I talked about before, Brewers did it a couple of years ago, but they had six guys who every day they went out there, they gave you five innings and gave you a chance to win the ball game. So it's hard for a lot of teams to find that many starting pitchers who you feel confident with every time out there. But if you can do it, I think it's a, a really good strategy to keep your pitchers fresh throughout the entire season and going into the postseason where the Braves obviously hope to be. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Again, it's going to be a busy week on the podcast, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube as well. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make your go make your second listen, Lockdown MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective, talking about every team, talking about the biggest stories from around the league, be covering everything at the winter meetings. So make sure that you go give it Lockdown MLB a listen. Again, thanks for listening to us. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 